0: Hello, and welcome to Praise Dionysus. Oh, praise him! Praise him! him. Oh, 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 yes! Yes! yes. yes. Yeah! Okay. Um, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about Everest by Alistair Baldwin, The Audition Room by Harry Morrissey and Eloise Fdos, A Lovely Day to be Online by Connor Morell, and you're all invited to my son Samuel's fourth birthday party by Papermouth Theatre. Oh, so excited yes. we're all here. What a good little oral presentation. Oh, so gave. many T's and D's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ha, ta, da, da. ta, ha. Aloha. Oh, oh, it's sunny. I've been said Aloha too. What a nice day. Yeah, my god, summer is truly here. <coughs> You've got a cough? I I got Hey Fever. Oh my. Hey Fever. (laughs) Um, Hey
1: Fever. Hey
0: Fever. That's my friend named Fever. Hey. Fever's a pretty cool name. Yeah. I've always thought like syphilis would be a cool name. Like if it weren't. A terrible disease. Oh, sure. Yeah, like, this is my daughter, syphilis. Yes, syphilis is nice, chlamydia is
1: nice. Yes. Um, Don't take this out of context, please, Um, universe that I'm trying to attract things to myself within. Go on. (laughs) He says he likes chlamydia. (laughs) Give Give it it
0: to him. Give it all to him. (laughs) I I don't want all the chlamydia. You're gonna love gonorrhea. (laughs) Oh, ding, 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 ding. So...
1: What were you saying? Fever. Fever. Yeah. Do you have um, a favorite version of Fever that Michael Bublé song? Oh, to show my bias yeah, give immediately.
0: Give me fever. Oh, who was that? Like, there's one woman that does a so- version of a cover of that song that I really love. Mm. That's my answer. Don't oh, know good. who it a woman. There is. It's not Michael Bublé. You know my least favorite Michael Bublé song of all time. Go ahead. His version of Santa Baby that we heard in an <gasps> op shop. The once, homophobic one. Where he's like, Santa buddy. <laughs> It's like, are you going to fuck Santa or not? Like, come on. It's just buds. Yeah. Um, And he also says Santa Pally at one point. It's It's gross. You are lying to yourself, Michael Buble. Yeah.
1: No, that's nonsense. That's somehow... That's more reprehensible than something that I've just made up in my mind. Like, the notion of, like, the Veronicas or somebody. Like, I don't even think they would do it. Just if, like... A really, like, non-sexual partnership, like, did a really sexy duet together. And they like, oh, changed yes. all the words to make it, like, asexual. Yeah,
0: or any time, like, is it, I don't know who it is, Billy Ray Cyrus and Miley Cyrus? Or what did Bil- they sing together? Billy Ray, Doesn't Billy Ray Cyrus, don't they do, like, a duet at some point, in some point in time, that's, like, everyone was sort of, like, a bit weird about? It's like, are they fucking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know there's definitely, like, a father-daughter country duo out mm. there that, that do a number, and it's, like, it's just... Well Confusing. I hope that happened. They definitely had a really nice duet where they sung about like their like
1: child father relationship. Oh
0: that's cute. But I think
1: it was before Miley sort of like was awake to how troublesome their relationship was. <laughs> yeah. It was more like, so little girl, why don't we sing a song about Maybe how much that's I love the one you? I'm
0: thinking about and I just misread it terribly No, I think
1: that song was quite distinctly like that was about like, I can't wait for you to get older, my little daughter. So yeah. So I can <laughs> stop. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I heard it as
0: well ah, <laughs> um, how was your week, Jake? Um <laughs> Let's move on From that promptly <laughs>
1: Yeah no But no I want to double down On just remarking upon It he is wildly homophobic For muggle boob To see Santa baby In a way that makes it So explicit That he does not want To have sex with Santa Like Santa could be Hot as fuck Yeah And it's like You know when When it's Christmas time There are no rules You know that,
0: When it's Christmas time <laughs> There are no rules You know You can murder
1: It's the birds Yeah so Even spaghetti's a... straight Until the water gets hot yes,
0: That makes no sense to me Because people <laughs> would be dead If you put them in boiling water You understand metaphor what was your question about the purge um is there a st- Christmas purge you love the purge is there a Christmas thing? there should be a Christmas
1: pur- oh my god one y- one year <laughs> <laughs> one day in one year they decide to make the purge on Christmas ho ho
0: oh, ho, ho bitches <laughs> ba, 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 bam
1: bam <laughs> um I, they haven't done that yet I recently tried to watch the new purge film and I couldn't get is through it is the new
0: one like the forever purge is that what yes. it is it looks bad.
1: It what? Uh, well, yeah, but I was
0: hopeful, you know. Okay, all After right. the
1: Purge two, it's like they're capable of something really wonderful. Well,
0: I only just watched the Purge recently, the first and one. yeah, and really loved. It. I actually textured you while I was watching it. That's saying, right. This is great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm keen to get on board the Purge train. Doot, doot. Doot, doot. Check Look out! Hugger. Yeah, let's go
1: shoot some people. Let's go shoot yeah, some people. Um, the second one's the best one. My sister thinks the third one is the best one. She's incorrect.
0: Don't trust is her. Is the third one the one where it's like I'm a politician and I'd better be safe from all this? Uh, and then it, she's not. Yeah, it's election year. That's uh, the one yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like normally there are people that are protected from the
1: purge, but in that one they're like. Also, just <laughs> letting you know, everyone can
0: get shot in the face this time. <laughs> 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 That's the big purge alarm. Sorry if also, I scared you. That wasn't a pregnant goose. <laughs> that as well. That's a, They sampled a pregnant goose. <laughs> so you're weak? My weak. Okay. I know you are. Yeah.
1: Uh, my weak was fine. Oh, God. There were ups. There were downs that outnumbered the ups. So but, yeah, thank you. That's right. Um... No, nothing, nothing, nothing worthy of in depth discourse. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right. Do you want me to
0: say my week?
1: <laughs> well, I'll just, I just whiz through mine. I, yeah, no, stuff happened regular stuff, irregular stuff, and now I'm a bit flubbexed. But,
0: <laughs> so do those of you listening at home, Jake's had a week, and that's all you get. And you shall be thankful. I'm sorry. I'll explain it in person. It's also one of those things which has happened before on this podcast,
1: where it's like I don't want to immortalize this experience. Yes, that's
0: very <laughs> true. Once it's said into a microphone, it's there forever. It's forever. That's how. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. Yep. Anyway, but yeah, no good stuff happens too. Anyway, um. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it. Mm, what's some stuff that's? I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna listen to my heart on this one. Okay, I'm going to give it a 16. Oh 16 stars. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. For some reason, it surfaced. The moment I shut my eyes, it was like, Jake, say 16. And then it immediately walked me directly to Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh. Because that's how old she was when she found out she was a witch.
0: <laughs> and that's how my... Mentally <laughs> mentally sane brain ticks along. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> well, I had a great morning. Oh, good. <laughs> I guess you're jazzed. Everything's the best. (laughs) Everything's the best. Seems like we are two sides of one coin. Um, (laughs) I'm on the red side (laughs) of the coin. Excuse me, I've been sick and unwell recently. I'm feeling healthy for the first time in weeks. Oh. Okay. Applaud, okay. please! Well, I know where you took all that from. <laughs> me. <laughs> Give it back. You haven't noticed the the nighttime transfusions I've been doing. No, uh, from me? Stealing your blood! Oh, vampiring into Vampiric, my Vampiric, yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, this morning was good. I have traipsed across Melbourne to get here. Um You're I, a I'm a trapist. I'm a trapist, it's what I do. <laughs> I the, the fox gloves are out in the city. There are foxgloves everywhere, it's my favorite flower. I've had my nasal spray and my antihistamines. Are you so worried I'm... about all
1: of these gloveless foxes just
0: galloping around? They have no gloves on. They're gonna be identifiable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were wearing gloves so their fingerprints wouldn't be. Yeah, all the and now I'm not
0: worried because we have all their gloves.
1: That's good.
0: <laughs> Catch the fuck. I'm up. sorry, I didn't Come realize on. this is
1: happening. yep, yeah, the crime scene. So,
0: fox gloves are around. Yes. I indulged in my naughtiest, Evilest pleasure this morning. Mm. I had a Starbucks coffee. Oh my god. They do a peppermint flavoring that is so good <laughs> uh, that I love. I oh. had an iced peppermint latte on oh. my way here. You don't feel weird about mixing mint with dairy? No, it tastes, I, I thought it would be weird, but it's so delicious. Mm. It's like, I, I can't describe it to you. Like a toothpaste ice cream cone. It is like a toothpaste ice cream cone in a really good, delicious way. Great. It's like if someone melted a candy cane into a coffee. It's delicious. Okay, great. So that's what I've done this morning. I spent like three days in a row with Flynn, my boyfriend, who you're going to make a joke that you don't know. Wait a sec. Yeah Boyfriend His name is Flog James Yes What? Huge, huge deal (laughs) That's gigantic for you I'm kind of a big It's kind of a big deal for me Um, (laughs) I'm done with that joke So he's (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe in love But continue (laughs) (laughs) I do Uh, So we spent like Three days in a row together Really, really nice Um, And that's been the highlight Of my whole week So I give my week um, I give it 19 Because I saw a show last night That I won't be speaking about today But The number 19 featured in it and oh. It made me feel pretty spooky. <laughs> Good on nineteen for having a moment in the sun. Bah. Bah.
1: Bah. Bah. Um, <laughs> should we, <laughs> no, we
0: shovel <laughs> through this snow <laughs> to get to the show?
1: Well, we've practiced our ghost sounds. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um, remind everyone this is not spooky fringe anymore. <laughs> no, no. So that was a phase we went through. I like um, oh kids. yeah, but this is still the fringe chakula. This it's is still the, the um the fringe nosaurus. Mm. Uh, f- Drac your fringe. Drac your fringe. Yeah. yeah. Fringe you to hell. Oh. I'm Ooh. still in Spooky Fringe. Yeah, I can tell that. Yeah, yeah great. Okay. Spooky Fringe is back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, idiot.
0: Oh, you're talking to me? Us. I didn't realise because you said idiot. And I'm not one. No, you're right. You're very
1: clever, Stinky Trevor. Thank yes. you, thank you. <laughs> Jake, did you see a show? I did. I saw a number of them. One of which was Everest by Alistair Baldwin. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So That's I a went. mountain, isn't it? Everest? Mm. Yes. Yes. Big one. Yes, and as he flagged and as I went in believing, it's like, will this just be a metaphor? Um, t'wasn't. Everest featured. Oh, it's the mountain. Oh, amazing. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Went and went into a room that I hadn't been in at, like at, like During Fringe to this point yet In Trades Hall? It's in Trades Hall But it's in I couldn't take you there If you <laughs> were blindfolded And you were like Take me to Everest And I'd be like Best of luck to you And I'd skip away Because I cannot Take remember. me to Everest <laughs> I think that would be a confusing thing to say The number of people that pull me aside Weekly Blindfolded. <laughs> insisting that I take them places. <laughs> <laughs> I went to every okay. state. <laughs> must an expensive ticket. Uh, it was. I got there too early. The ushers were a little bit surprised As at how prompt British. I was. Yes, good. Yes. Uh, yep. So then I circled around and then I came back. <laughs> and then we went inside, sat down, show started. And yeah, so it's Alistair talking to us about... His relationship with this mountain, <laughs> um, etc. Um, So an element of it is his muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. It's an element of his experience of living. Um, and the way that ties to Everest is that he was in the womb of his mother when she herself climbed Everest. Really? Is that real? That's real. That's real. And so, and then she, that's, that's, as he sort of goes into, that's kind of like, uh, like a guilt that she's carried around. Why was she guilty? Did she know she was pregnant when she went? Well, or? she? No. And so she had oh. the concern that potentially the muscular dystrophy and who knows what else was yeah. caused by being pregnant at the time of her ascent. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So that's something. Heavy. Um, yeah. But, um. yeah. But beyond that, it's like, like one of the things, like first, Al's just really funny. It was really great to sort of like be in the hands of someone that was just like a very sort of like relaxed and humorous and delightful. And yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that was just to flag that immediately. He's really great. And I will see what he does next. Cause yeah, it was a really cool time. Um, yeah, but beyond that, um, so there was like some cool things said, I'll just like speckle around in terms of things that I enjoyed that he said. First off, he said that it's pretty cringe that people die climbing Everest, (laughs) (laughs) um, which is red hot facts. And then (laughs) why does he say that? Well he just just said that it was like like a cringy component Of the whole Everest thing Like he sort of goes a little bit into like the appeal of Everest As a goal that people want to achieve I didn't Mm. realise this but you know how there's that saying of like They ask that man like why do we want to Climb climb Everest and he's like Because it's there Yes, yes. I didn't realise he died as he was coming down the mountain
0: Oh well he did make it to the top That's true. Good on him. Good. Sure. He died doing what he wanted. Doing things because they were there. (laughs) You're right. That's on his tombstone. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's
1: dead. And then apparently like. (laughs) (laughs) So we're not going to listen to him. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, there was another moment that came up where he was like, um, he mentioned, he he said this thing where it was like, towards the end. So so maybe it felt, I don't know, felt a bit culmination-y and, illuminated nicely well it's just solid dramaturgy illuminated nicely a few of the things that he brought up where it's like some people have this belief that we all need to try to be really strong but it's like maybe all we need is to be a strong like we just need to have like a strong friend you know like maybe we just but isn't that nice? Like, That's he, so nice. And he tied it to that thing that, like, I don't know if you've heard it. Like, Margaret, is it, this seems like a thing that you would say <laughs> at, okay. a, at a, like a, like a, like a house party. So this is going to be a, hurtful? No, wrong. it's the sort of thing that I think like, is a thing in your head. You say things like this sometimes. Okay. Margaret Mead... She brought up this thing of, like, she was like, I forget what she was a professor in, but something to do with, like, human evolution. Mm. And someone asked her in a lecture once, um, what, what is the first sign of, like, us becoming the current version of humans that we are? Mm. And her answer was a healed femur bone, because it oh. meant that we had become a society that cared enough about each other to be alongside somebody as their femur bone healed, because it wouldn't heal if they were left by themselves.
0: Oh... Yeah, I mean, oh, that's, that's really nice. <laughs> See,
1: I think mean, that seems like the sort yeah, of the that's the, really sort of beautiful
0: fact that you'd want in your pocket. To yeah, that's up. a great little piece of info. That's, that's medicine. Medicine's insane, isn't it? Is it? Sorry, medicine's <laughs> just fucking wild. Mm. Oh, working at a hospital, even just in medical administration, the things people can do to heal other people, mm. and the effort that people will put in to make sure that people stay healed, is fucked. Yeah, so intense. Very cool. Nuclear medicine. That's a thing.
1: Yeah, but... Wait, not with nuclear medicine. You eat
0: radioactive scrambled eggs and they watch it go down your tummy. Incredible. Oh, okay. That sounds a bit like a thing that they would do in Hostel, but that's... It, they're not radioactive. Like, they're not... It's a, it's a tracer amount of... Oh, I'm radio-
1: not a doctor! Okay, all right, <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, no, but on the flip side of that, my pal cannot get a straight answer out of these GPs. She has to keep ringing to get results from her tests. Oh and my when she God. asks questions, they're like... Listen, cunt, I don't know what's wrong with you. (laughs) Yeah, Is it public health? I don't know the specifics of it. But she got a scan and she was like, and he was like, oh, that seems fine. And she's like, great. So what's wrong with me then? And he's like... Listen, bitch. Not <laughs> this. Not this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Go get another scan. I don't care. That's the that is that is. I don't quick. know the scan people. You got to be quick. You got to just you got to advocate for yourself so much. Yeah. 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 It is no, cool. I wish I'd
1: learned that sooner in terms of engaging with medicine. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: Nev- you need to follow you have to up. shake people. You need to follow up. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. this is not going to happen.
1: Um. And then one thing that really stuck with me and is a thing that I found myself getting hung up on in like often my darker moments, I guess. Quack quack. 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 <laughs> but um, <laughs> he. Came back to this thing of, like, sort of, like, it springboarding from the thing of if his mother hadn't been pregnant, would he be a different person? And then him being, like, a gay person, imagining what it would be like if he were a straight person. Mm. And so a couple of times throughout the show, he kind of, like, g- goes through the thought experiment of, like, what if this had happened or this had happened or I'd been different in this particular way? And then kind of, like, exists in that reality for a second? Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, was, was, was cool to see played out on stage. And I wonder, is there a thing for you? Is there that you either return to or that you think about ever, of, like, these crossroads in your existence where, had something happened or had you made a particular choice,
0: um, how much time do you devote to and how developed are these other realities? Oh, baby, I have... I'm sitting under that fig tree. I have all them figs I'm looking at. I have... What does that mean? You know that poem about the fig tree? See, this is why I thought you'd know the Margaret Mead remark. No, I don't know Margaret Mead. (laughs) What's the Um, fig tree poem? It's... I can't remember who wrote the poem... She's sitting under a fig tree and she's imagining all of her future lives and what she could do and she's looking at all these figs as if they're like a future that she can take and eat and be a part of and there's like one where she's like a like a famous writer and there's one where she's a mother of a beautiful family and there's one where she's like a successful, I don't know, scientist. Like, there's all these futures that she could do if she just picked one. And because she spends so long argy-bargying over which one she wants, they all plop off and wither around her and she dies under the fig tree never having picked anything. Yeah. That's where I feel like I am often. Oh, God. Um, okay. And I think one of the biggest ones is like, if I had just, as when I got out of school, if I had just not deferred and... Stayed out of uni for so long, and I had like picked a theatre degree or a acting course to go into. I think I'd be in a much different and I think more fulfilling place. Okay, um, that's the one that I think I really always come back to. is like I just wish I had pursued that more. So where would you be if you'd done that? I don't know. Doing more actual like actually doing more theatre, which mm. I think is what I want to do. But I'm at that point of life of like 27. I feel like if I were to step back into it, I feel like I'm already dead in gay <laughs> years. So you know.
1: But James, you also know that I know.
0: We've had so many conversations. I know.
1: You're 27. I know. And of course,
0: age, of course, means nothing. You know, I do it know. It means but something in wanted...
1: society. But if
0: I wanted to go back and study theatre, I would be studying with like 20 year olds.
1: But I'm also saying too, like you don't need to study. Like you can just start in theatre.
0: Every time I engage in a conversation about theatre with someone who clearly knows so. Much much more about theatre I immediately sort of go into my shell because I'm like I don't know who these people you're talking about well, are. sure, But they're only bringing up those things because they know those things. There's certain yeah, things they don't know. I think we should probably not get caught up in this conversation right I now. I think it's an
1: interesting conversation. Sure. Get there it could be somebody listening having a similar thing in their
0: head. Reach out to me, guys. Oh, my God. Write in. Let's connect. <laughs> There's no
1: pressure to write in. <laughs> Please. But, this, but I think what you're experiencing is very like common, especially in like the independent theatre industry. Uh, yeah, especially. I think you're right. Like, so many people feel out of their depth and not capable of doing things that are quite attainable for them, especially if you surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. And a lot of those people, like you just Need to find people that are interested in the same things you're interested in and then just like make a crappy show.
0: Yeah, you're right. I know. I know. You're right.
1: Sure. But and yeah, maybe I will. No,
0: but we've had this conversation before. We have many yeah. times. For those of you listening, this is probably the thing that I talk to Jake about the most. Um, <laughs> Jake, what about you? I'm, I'm sure we talk about in...
1: much more embarrassing things more than we talk about. Mostly sex and girls. Yes! yes. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Girls. Are you... Have any forks in your road? Do you wish you my- had forked the other way? Um, no, I think maybe, maybe uh, certainly
1: yes. There are so many forks. Um, a lot of them to do with like regrets or mistakes or whatever. There's, fork loads. Uh, fork loads. Forks and forks. Fork loads. But um, that I guess the one that kept coming up for me was uh, with just while watching Alice's show. I was like, oh yeah, not being gay, that would be a whole different reality. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, yeah. With me, it's just like it often comes back to yeah, regrets and mistakes and things that I wish I hadn't done or said or yes. Um, yeah. Um. Well, yeah. A lot of the time, things I wish I had said, which mm. is a thing that I, especially in the last couple of years, have been trying really hard to just make sure that I like, that I say to those say things.
0: things. Do you think it's worse to regret personally for you? Do you regret more things that you did say, or do you regret more things that you didn't say generally?
1: <laughs> I think, and I don't know if this is a healthy relationship with this this quandary. This is very, you know, this popular yeah. thing of you know because there's that thing of like it's better to have said it or not than not said it. It's better to regret the things you do yeah. than the things you didn't do, and maybe I've internalized that too hard in the way of like I I but like maybe this could be like framed as a strength but I think when it comes to um and let me know if it's not a strength at all oh I will I I think what I do is that in the last couple of years I've been making a real concerted effort to say things um like, honest things, as long as they're not inherently hurtful things. Yeah. Th- uh, for this reason of, like, if you feel a particular way or you want a person to know a way that you're thinking about a thing um, or it's a, a thing, even just, like, in a... Even, like, a non-romantic relationship, a thing of just, like, I need to establish this boundary or let you know this thing you did hurt me, whatever. Mm. Um, Bringing those things up just because, it, in a way, it brings you closer to being, a- being able to, like, exist in reality with the person. Yeah. As opposed to you being in some sort of, like other universe that they're distant from just because of facts you're keeping from them. Um, I think it's better for us to all be dealing with reality as close to it as we can. Um, But I'd say with that, though, built into that practice has been the thing of, like, you say the thing, and then if that thing ends up eventuating in something negative, or it, like, brings about this whole... I don't know, this... If you open that little floodgate and you realise, oh, this is tied to all these other
0: issues... Mm or something t- tangling out yeah
1: I, I, what I've done I guess is like when things go badly in that way I then tie it to just all the negative self-talk of like of course you fucked that up you yeah. motherfucker <laughs> yeah. and so then though that neatly just ties into a separate
0: issue <laughs> that I
1: have to deal with you know so it's like what was your question <laughs>
0: So. Let's wrap this up. I think I no, think no. this is unearthed more um, than we have time No, for. no. But I think... Yeah. Um, what are we talking about? What if do it, you regret more? Saying things or not saying things? Right. No.
1: So I don't think I regret saying things because I can... Yeah. I think I really value trying to navigate with truth. And so yeah. um, as long as I'm being honest... I think I'm always grateful for being honest with people. Yeah. Of course, all the while... Of climbing your Everest me. of telling the truth. Of course. Yes, yeah. Because I think I, that's how I want people to treat me. Like, you know that th- that thought thing that people do of like, so you find out that your friend's husband is cheating on her. So do you tell her? It's like,
0: 100%. Arson. Arson. I <laughs> burn the house down.
1: This, this is too complicated. <laughs> so I burned their house down. <laughs> Killed them.
0: They're dead. And
1: then I tell her about the
0: cheating. Because... She's dead. Oh, she's dead? She's dead. She's in the house. Does he survive? No one survives. No, nope. no one ever survives. Is the mistress in there as well? They're all in the house. I'm in the house. You die. With- We're all dead. <laughs> That's a neat bow on that one. <laughs>
1: That'd be such a funny confrontation. That almost needs to be a play.
0: Unlock, <laughs> and then for the next hour or so, as the house slowly burns down around them, there's like, what are you doing? An hour? Yeah. God. It's a very wet house <laughs> Wet? Yeah
1: Oh so The fire has to overcome the
0: moisture Yeah 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 To make sure the play can work
1: But god That conversation Assuming it's slightly faster than an hour The idea of like <laughs> You've done what? I started a fire We're all dying together in this house <laughs> And she's like We could have just had a conversation about this Too late Fire's Too late. lit No Fire's <laughs> taking us
0: <laughs> You can see it through the curtains <laughs> We could still put that out Too late Well, hi. Hello. Have you ever auditioned? No. 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 <laughs> I'm office only. Office. <laughs> um, I went to see The Audition Room. Oh. Oh. At Trades Hall. Yep. For Fringe. Ah, Fringe! Fringe. We're doing a Fringe thing. <laughs> um, so, The Audition Room by Harry Morrissey and Eloise Eftos. Do you know anything about either of these performers? Strangers. You're about to. Oh. You're about to know things. Yes. So, I... What was? That? Sorry, sorry, I had a twitch. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the weirdest thing your face has ever done. I'm sorry that my body's wrong. It's fine. Really. Um, it was in the, I, the Commons, I think, was the name of the room. It's this beautiful room at the in the top floor of the main building of Trades Hall. You're twitching still. What's going on? I'm with a twitchy you? person, James. <laughs> so you go into the room and it's like got those beautiful. It's an oval sort of shaped room with oval shaped layered seating. Like it's beautiful, banked seating. Have you been in this space? I don't know. I'm just I'm just creating
1: it as you describe
0: it. Sure, <laughs> sure. So it's it's all heritage listed as you go in, and you, you they can't change anything about the actual uh, seating. So it's a, it feels very authentic and old and beautiful, which was just a very nice thing to immediately walk into and see. Yeah, we all walk in, we all plonk ourselves down. I'm alone. Uh, Was sitting. <laughs> he skated past, embarrassed. <laughs> um, and we are ready to watch the audition room. Great. Uh, f- I, I don't want to immediately uh, bring it to looks, like physical looks. But and yet you're going to and yet it I'm through. going to do it because El- I will just preface this by saying Eloise Eftos has this incredible online presence as well, and she describes herself as Australia's first hot comedian. Huh. So that's a very funny. That's funny. Um, the most. I just cannot stress. I've said before that I want to eat someone's hair on this podcast, but yes. I mean it this time. I just—you were lying last it time. It was lying. No, I meant it. I always want to eat hair. It was this beautiful, <laughs> big, like blowout, giant, like Charlie XeX vibe, beautiful hair with Eloise's beautiful face and like a powerful suit, and and I just fell in love, Mm. and Harry Morrissey, oh my god, playing, so the characters they're playing are Vivian Dufont and Darrell Anderson. Fantastic. They're both running this audition, and as you walk in, they're both sort of like, all right, come in, come in, sit down. So it's very immediately in the space. And and Harry Morrissey, as Darrell Anderson, is wearing this beautiful, like, shawl and large, like, you know... Aging actresses' turbans. Yes. Like she's got a beautiful big turban on. Mm -hmm. And they run this audition for us to sort of be a part of. And it seems to be very much a stand up of the the corporate audition space for big shows. Uh, And they're both playing these ridiculous characters of Harry Morrissey was somewhere between Roger Debris from the producers. Keep it gay. Keep it gay. And like Liza Minnelli or Keep Barbara Streisand. Keep, Keep it, it gay. gay. <laughs> like just this be- the dried up old. Has been in the business. I'm sorry. <laughs> in what way are these people dried
1: up? Has been. This is what I like. They're cut. They're, oh, sorry. No. More <laughs> of the Roger debris. debris. A gay guy from the nineties. Um, excuse me. Have Liza you Minnelli? seen Liza? Uh, um, she was in Arrested Development. She was in Arrested Development. <laughs> and <laughs> and she's thriving. She's thriving. She, is, she has <laughs> she has another
0: peak in her, I think. Happy Halloween. Oh god, when she was with Lady Gaga. To you. Have you seen that video? Um was that real? I thought yeah, you
1: made it's a, that up. Liza
0: Minnelli singing Happy Halloween to you with some man, and they both sing Happy Halloween to you. Is that a song? No, it's a song they made up. Oh, okay, great. I'll show you later. Great. Um so that's the energy that they that these performers bring to the roles. Yes. Um so the premise of the show. Is it's a var- it's essentially it's a variety show. Mm. So each night they have different people come on to do auditions, and we all watch the auditions take place. So these different people who I s- uh, assume were all sorry. In- so they in this world they run an audition. They, they so run in a this variety in show. this world they run a, they're doing an audition. So in the world of the play, yep. Vivian DuFont and Darrell Anderson are running an audition for this big company to put on a new show. Okay, and we are all invited into the audition to sort of be a part and and make an audition for them. Yeah. And in the in the real world, what's happening is it's it's the two performers doing a variety show and inviting on different people to do acts. Cool. So we got to watch four or five people come on and do their own version of what a bad audition would be. Okay. And I just think that is an amazing premise for a show. Do they play all these characters? No, no, no. They have guests come on and oh. do the auditions. Oh. And all the all the guests have their own things on in fringe as well. So it's like a good way of here are these people in fringe coming on and doing a silly little dance or whatever for you. Go see their show.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, so that okay. was
0: really fun. Yeah, and I had, so I had no idea what it was going to be. And mm. then they started getting up. And at first, it was they sort of were like, all right, who's up first, and drag them on. And I was convinced that it was actually gonna be just pulling people up from the audience to mm. audition. Terrific. And there was some girl near me who I saw, she was very ready. Like, she oh. was like, she was like, oh me, but didn't get picked because she wasn't one of the people actually doing the show. Oh, but was she Sternum was ready. Oh, she God. was prepared. And I was like, I do not want to see you audition. Because <laughs> as we've said in the past, people that want to be brought up on stage should never be brought up on stage. They should be ejected from the premises. They should be removed from the theatre. <laughs> Anywho, so we had a few different little auditionees. One of my favourites um I'm just going to see if I can find my little list here. Ben Seal, Seal, Seal as Grant. Mm-hmm. Um was just this like macho man who came up and was just something about watching people put on the character of just being a bloke and just sort of there to just to have a good time and mm-hmm. just like express cuz they're God's gift to the world. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Eloise F'd us. Brought him to his knees and, like, sort of gave him notes to be like, no, do it like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Bark like a dog. Bark like a dog. A sexy dog. No, it's bad. Like, and just made him do all these ridiculous things, Mm. which were not, were obviously not planned. Mm. So watching, the the two of them, the two main people, clearly have such chemistry together. Yeah. And I think they've done this show a few times in the past. Cool. But they just roll off each other so well. Like, they roll with the punches and they're able to just sort of bring it all together. Because I think otherwise it could have been a hot mess. Yeah. If you don't have the right people in charge. Um. Another one of my favourites. um. Oliver. That's who it was. Oliver Coleman.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Jake, you should have seen. I think you would have loved what Oliver Coleman did. He's come on and done this southern like farmhand like boy who is just here to show that he can sing and dance he doesn't want to go into the farm oh. and he's got like these blue jeans and a white shirt and he does this uh, like pr- like good song and but just watching him be this innocent bright-eyed person from the country who just wants to uh-huh. be in show business and he's trying not to show that he's gay but is very clearly gay uh-huh. and it's it, like, <laughs> so, so nice. nice um so that was a really beautiful moment but Fanny McNair. Fanny McNair? Fanny McNair. Okay. As Tabitha Booth. Oh! <laughs> Do you know that Tabitha Booth? Never heard
1: of Tabitha Booth. I hope Tabitha
0: Booth is a character that Fanny McNair does all the time. Okay. Tabitha Booth was the way she presented the character. <laughs> ah. And she climbed over the chairs. She was in like... La- Have you ever seen on... There's this person, this wonderful comedian, um, uh... Broadway Barbara, do you know Broadway Barbara? No. Okay, don't worry. Gave me strong Broadway Barbara vibes. Again, it's something about the old, like, has been, has been in every show. Knows about fussy, like, and and all she said, all she kept saying was, "Tap at the booth," and she would come on and do like this. She had this extendable fork. Oh. And she she brought out the long <laughs> fork for some reason. I could not tell you what she was doing on that stage. But I was there for every second of it. She had a little red wig on. She took it off. <laughs> red hair underneath looked exactly the same. <laughs> Magnificent. And if this was just one of the nights, and every night's different people coming on and doing all these different... I just, I really am excited to see more of these shows, because they clearly do it all the time. Cool. Yeah. So if you ever get a chance to see the audition room, you should. But Harry Morrissey and Eloise Eftos, oh... Hmm. I just... Stars. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was. There was an ongoing storyline as we sort of went through that, that Eloise... that uh, Sorry, Vivian was... Viviana, I think... Was this like Was the one Who had been brought in Her father was in charge Of sort of the company And she sort of come in And just thinks That she's God's gift To the world mm. And she's running the, the, running the audition now With Darrell Anderson Who's just been there Since the beginning And has never left mm. So the two of them Have this ongoing storyline Where they keep getting calls From Harvey Weinstein <laughs> <laughs> And they keep having to be like Oh shit it's Harvey Oh fuck it's Oh shit Shit And they have to like Have the phone call with Harvey And just be like Yeah no it's going really well You want photos of what? My feet? Okay Oh okay sure Harvey we can do that like it's like just ridiculous um, and all the while they keep getting interrupted by Chantelle who is their like audition assistant mm. and she just comes on and has the beautiful role that I love and I think we've spoken about characters like this. They're just there to be treated like shit. Like she comes and like, what the fuck are you doing, Chantel? Chantel, get me a coffee, what the fuck? And she's just like this very nice-looking woman who's just like, oh, okay, sorry, Viviana. Oh, okay. And she just runs off and gets things. I want to shout out whoever it was, but they I can't find the actress's name listed anywhere. All I can see is um, I'm pretty sure their Instagram is Big Ranger Energy, but the link doesn't go anywhere. So Big Ranger Energy. You know who you are. You were a star. Good and level of research. I tried. I tried. No, I I, try, not, I, no, I'm I on went in as side. deep as I could. I That's could funny. only find one link that said Big Ranger Energy. So. I found a dead link to no Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Promote yourself. Um, yeah. Oh my God. I, I, on a side note, I really want to see Tap of the Booth in something as well. Great. So if you get a chance to see Tap of the Booth, Did it seem like it was attached to a show that is
1: existing? I've
0: seen, I've seen, um, I I believe Fanny McNair is doing like a comedy show and she does use the long extendable fork in that routine, but I don't think it's as Tabitha Booth. So I think it's an amalgamation of a lot of things that she does.
1: Oh, Oh. (laughs) have you you seen Fanny's work before? I hope she's Tabitha and
0: I hope she's... Tabitha Booth, reach out to us. (laughs) Last thing I will say, one of my favourite parts that I've seen also on videos of the show on their Instagram. So I think they do it quite often. They bring everyone to have a dance at the end of the show. Uh-huh. And it's like this awkward sort of audience participation bit where no one really knows the dance. And so they're all just dancing along. And then the two of them just like go like, five, six, seven, and just bust out this incredible choreographed routine while everyone else on stage just sort of has to go, oh, okay. And, just, <laughs> and I think it's just... So good. Oh my god. That's great. It's no Princess Truffles Conga line. <laughs> you can't be the Princess Truffles Conga. <laughs> oh my god. Hello, <laughs> Hello Quickie Door. What's Can going I... on? <laughs> this is the content <laughs> people <report> want. <laughs> Did you see a show? I'm bored.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, great. I see it. Yeah, I A Lovely Day to Be Online.
0: Oh, it is a lovely day to be online. <laughs>
1: Isn't it just? Yes. So it was like a three, so it was like Connor Morell wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like the lead Who's that? Connor Morell. It's a guy named Connor His surname is Morell, And he's put this show on um, And so he was doing guitar and singing And then he had a bass guitarist behind him She was fantastic And oh. then drummer also fantastic Oh my god beautiful Yeah The day I went They had audio technical issues Which I don't know any more complicated language than that To explain what happened But they The sound was bad It was bad, they, not, but was bad. They, Something wasn't plugged in They plugged it in what incredible work in terms of professionalism and efficiency. It was fun to witness. It was one of those things that really, like, you know, bonds a crowd, you know? Sure. Why are you
0: making... You I just the- don't see how that would bond a crowd. <laughs> but
1: that's how good they are. They sure. managed to make sure. it happen. I love it. Yeah, but essentially it was like a series of songs in a row um, that it was sort of like revolving around the idea of, like, what what being on the internet in, like, today... Is kind of like the effect that like it can have on people. Oh, sure. Without okay. straying into that territory of like, oh, TikTok's bad for your brain. <laughs> can I get a selfie? Can I get a selfie? <laughs> I hate getting cyberbullied. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. But it was a series of like really like catchy, wonderful songs. Great. That were yeah, use that as kind of like a theme. But they weren't just like it wasn't. Not to talk about what the show wasn't. It wasn't that fucking bullshit where it's like these jokes are the same as if you just said them. You know, it's not just right. like. Because I feel like at this point we've definitely seen like enough of these like comedy musical things where it's just kind of like a, and it's 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 forcing me to kind of like refine what my perspective on like comedy music is, mm. and the, the theory that I'm currently sitting at is like it needs to be something that is funnier because it's a song. In order sure. It, you yeah. Know, yeah. That's good. Um, in order for it to be good comedy music, but I think this barely just does. This doesn't even really fall into like the category of like comedy music in the way that it was just like really really good music. That just sort of like had themes in it that were tied to the thesis of exploring online existence. Nice, which was nice, and it was something that I'm much more in the mood for than just being like <laughs> dun 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 dun, getting likes. Sure, feels good. <laughs> I'd watch yeah. that.
0: I would watch that. <laughs> I'm a simpleton.
1: Um, yeah, but Great. yeah, that no, good. but it, yeah, it was just like really remarkable. Um, in the foyer beforehand, I saw Stephen May and um, fucking Virginia Gay. Oh, and I was like. Are there better omens than this? What's going on? I know. I don't know. I think some sort of, like, a mystical portal has oh, opened. Virginia because, guy. yeah. It was a couple good cameos for a right. foyer. Yeah. It was, like, so impressive. Like, the show was so impressive that I felt myself have one of those... And... It- it doesn't... You know you know, Josie and the Pussycats? I'm intimately aware, yes. You're, are you? Yes? Yes. Intimately? Great. You know the part where they, they were just busking outside and the guy's like, fuck the fuck off, you can't be dressed as cats and singing on the street outside yes. my store. Yes. And then they start crossing the street and then Alan Cumming almost runs them over.
0: Yes. And then Is that he, when he meets them? And he's like, yes. you should be superstars, I'm secretly evil.
1: <laughs> yes. So yes. he's in the car and he's talking because like, jour has just died. Oh, DeJour died. And I think he's on the phone with Parker Posey and she's like, hey up we need like a new band for our evil plan and then he almost crashes into Rachel Lee cook and the mm, rest mm. and then yeah and then he sees them wearing their ears carrying their guitars and then he holds up that empty CD case in front of them and imagines them on the cover of a CD yes yes I
0: vaguely remember that part okay great <laughs> it's, it's a great image so I had
1: somehow it was it felt like a that and it also felt like you know the part are the, you like,
0: Alan coming in this situation
1: of course and then are you and then also you know like at the um the, the, the star of season two of Smash where no. Catherine
0: McPhee I've never seen Smash, Jake. You know <laughs> Catherine
1: this. McPhee hears Jeremy Jordan playing the piano and she's like oh my god he's a star. You mean
0: when Mr. Shu heard um, uh, fin singing sing? in Finn in singing shower. in the shower and said there's a sexy child in the shower. <laughs> William Shuster <laughs> needs to be put in prison. <laughs> Apparently he was meant to be a meth addict. The character.
1: There was like a recent like interview with my nemesis, Ryan Murphy, uh-huh. and he said that originally Will Schuster's character was going to be addicted to meth. What the fuck? Which kind of makes sense because there's that, that, there's that whole like marijuana plot line in the first couple of episodes with that like pedophile teacher. Oh, yeah! The pilot that of Glee... was bizarre. The pilot of Glee was pointing in a direction much more interesting than the one they went in. Maybe we should do a... Guys, write in. Do you want us to talk
0: about Glee? We'll do it. Oh, God. I'll do anything.
1: No, Jenna Ushkowitz and fucking, like, Kevin McHale just launched their new Glee podcast. Oh, they did, didn't they? I don't think we need more Glee content. I want to hear what Kurt
0: Hummel has to say. Why? I don't know. Kurt Kurt Hummel or like Chris Colfer? Kurt Hummel, the character. I want want them all. (laughs) I would like to see a podcast where they all come together and talk about the show, but they're in character the whole time. Gross. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, but they can talk candidly about the experience behind the scenes. I don't think they are behind the scenes if they're in character. No, but they can be. They'll be like talking about. You know what? I I I'm catching on to the, the bad idea that. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, there's something in there for sure. Thank for you, you hardcore Gleeks <laughs> being you and I'm not a Gleek. Me. I will not apologize
1: <laughs> for it. What? I have a full Dalton Warblers outfit in my wardrobe. Oh, the what?
0: Warblers. Oof.
1: Any Hooselbees, But yes, no. So it was this moment that I had at some point in the show where I was watching these three people perform and it was just like, this is magnificent. You could be on the cover of a CD. Yes. And help me rule the world. <laughs> yes. I'm <laughs> Alan Cumming. Right. Um, yeah, no. Super terrific. There was like a, yes, it was like Cat, Will and Connor were the, were the ones on the goddamn stage. Gorgeous. Um, yeah. A lot of what he talked about, like he talked about this experience of sort of like getting scammed and kind of like a few of his friends falling prey to this... Um, cyber villain that he encountered. Ooh. Like, sort of like instigated as almost the thing of like, you know, that relatively popular comedic thing of like, oh, th- this Nigerian prince wants to like, uh, uh, me to send him money, and then the comedian like goes along with them. And yes. They, yeah, yes. you know, He's a slideshow
0: of, of all the emails I sent being like, why are you doing this? That sort of thing. Yes. So that like,
1: he, he seems to have sort of like started on that journey a little bit, but then it kind of like went terrible and then turned against him and things got bad. Oh, God. Um, so that's an element of what um, happened. But then it was nice because. One of the many great things about this show was, like, it had this kind of, like, very balanced contemporary perspective on things where it's, like, this, like, very refreshing sentence he said where it's, like, everyone in this room has had something positive happen to them today
0: because of the internet. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's true. oh... That is super true. There
0: is that argument that the internet connects us more than it sort of divides us. I've heard that theory. It's a good theory. It's a great theory. I think it's true. Um, Yeah, but did you watch The uh, Social Dilemma? I watched half of it and then I was like, I don't want to ruin the internet for myself. (laughs) (laughs) I like the internet. I like my mate. I've said before, if I could be plugged into The Matrix, I would. Yeah. Let me in. (laughs) Let me in. Is that because you want to be like a seven foot tall purple elf? Which no. I imagine is no. no. <laughs> With a seven foot long penis. No, That'd be silly and ridiculous. A wang as long as me. That's the name of my one man show. A wang as long as me. Um, yeah, no. No? I don't want to be a purple. Sure, but no. you would be plugged into the matrix.
1: Yes. yes, the only thing that made me almost want to turn off the social dilemma was all of the reenactment, like all the dramatizations.
0: Uh, sure, I, it was a while ago. I don't remember that, but I, every time they do a reenactment in any situation, it just feels very inauthentic. I loved Crime Stoppers, though. Sure, Wait, no, they
1: wouldn't. They use, they use real surveillance camera footage, wouldn't they? Anyway, <laughs> let's not get lost in Crime Stoppers. <laughs> um, yeah, there was also a moment that I had at maybe like the midway point of watching this show, where it suddenly, and maybe it was because of like the very like full, round, kind of, like, warm, like, emotive music that they were playing. Mm. And the subject matter of what they were talking about, like, it started to feel like Hillsong. Oh, what the fuck do you mean? In the way of, like, it's... And it caused this whole ripple effect of thoughts in my mind of, like, oh, my goodness. Like, the internet is like God to so many people. And in a way, it's kind of God to everyone that participates in it. Were you stoned when you were watching this? No! Okay. I was like, oh my God. So the music pulled me to the idea of Hillsong, and then it got me into the idea of thinking about the internet being God. And partly it was due to Connor also talking about the thing of like, the internet, especially with like, you know, cancel culture. <laughs> um, the, idea, the idea that the internet tells you if you're good or bad. Oh God. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way that it's kind of this like omnipresent thing that we all it's just like this the overhanging way in which we operate there's all these like set rules and expectations for
0: everybody well there's all those all those um like the was that Black Mirror episode where, like, everyone could raise each other and that decided who got what and who could afford what house if you had, like, a certain amount of stars. Oh, sure. Well, and didn't they
1: trial that for real in yeah, China?
0: Yeah, they should be did. Yeah. It's like a social credit situation. Yes. Uh, and there's all... Uh, one of my favourite tropes in, like, Star Trek, for example. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I brought us here. <laughs> it's, like, one of the Star Trek tropes that, like, every second civilization they ever visit has always been taken over by, like, an evil AI that is just controlling everyone because uh-huh. it's just, like... Worship me as a god. And everyone just said, yep. Mm. (laughs) I think we could very easily head in that direction of, yep, I'm going to let this giant machine make decisions for me.
1: Well, it seems like we're kind of in that system already. That's Westworld, baby. That's, I don't know Westworld. I know that there were robots. I know Evan Rachel Wood is there. She is. Yep. She's great. (laughs) Yep. She's very good. But in a way, like, haven't we kind of already fallen prey to that whole thing? Like, I think it's happening slowly and insidiously. But we're all, like we're pretty far along already, are we? Well, How far in the, along in already? the way that the internet is capable of destroy. It's already destroyed so many lives. Mm. Yeah, you know, but like, a even, lot of those lives should have been destroyed. But even that mindset is insane. Like mm. I cannot get into the many things that I am happy to yell about the way that cancel culture even initiated. But it's just like we do have this kind of inbuilt proclivity for like witch hunting. You know, like we we like yeah. burning people at stakes. Um, But we we, we do already kind of like act in service to this godlike cyber energy that we're kind of like to varying degrees aware of participating in we're constructing these versions of ourselves to exist in this universe we're definitely
0: doing things that human beings should not be doing we should be in a field as you've said before we should just be in a field eating nuts and berries yes. and having sex that's all we should be doing mm-hmm. we shouldn't be listening to the giant monster machine in the sky yeah yeah you're absolutely right yeah it does yeah
1: yeah and so then what was then interesting I sort of colored my experience a bit as well it was like then viewing this show almost as like a hill song about the god of the internet and, that is insane, Jake. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was fun as like a, a thing to be thinking yeah. about. Connor like like succeeded at a number of things. One of them being, he managed to find a way to talk softly while like like strumming a little guitar and not sound like a goddamn douchebag. Oh, <laughs> which is well a tricky. Done, Connor, do you, you agree that that's yep, a really that hard, is tricky? Yeah.
0: And he sounded like an authentically nice person.
1: He said, like, interesting, soft, interesting, cool things. Interesting. <laughs> and, yeah, just like...
0: <laughs> That's the sound of a guitar. You can't see Jake's hands, but he's pretending to play a guitar. It's not very convincing, but I get the idea. And imagine that what James was saying, instead of scathing things
1: about my performance, he was saying, like, illuminating...
0: Performance. Oh, <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, imagine if instead of James being cruel, he was saying things that were legitimately, like, insightful and touching. That's what it was like. It was like that. Um, God! God? The internet. Indeed. Mm. Yeah, no, do you have any, like, service level at the top of your brain? When I say service level, I mean things that you're ready to talk about now. Oh, you know I have got nothing deep. Nothing deep. Um, <laughs> um do you, have you had any, like, recent cyber revelations? In cyber terms of,
0: revelations? Or have
1: you had any, like, really negative experiences on the internet?
0: Not really. I have been withdrawn from Instagram. I generally only go on Instagram to peruse. I don't really post anything, so I'm not really engaging with anyone online, which has actually made me feel more isolated, if anything, Okay. because I think we're also used to being connected to the hive mind that is the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been a bit of a weird experience, but I think for the I don't even know if it's for the best, because I'm sort of doing the worst part of Instagram, which is just being addicted to looking at things and not engaging with anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's bonkers. But in terms of
1: feeling isolated, like, I know, of course, there's all those studies that say that if you engage with social media, you feel more depressed and isolated. Mm. But is it because of, like, just in your specific experience, like, were you using Instagram to, like, reach out and meet new people? What Kind you of, with- kind yeah. of.
0: I, I mean, I had, like, you know, you have people online that you speak to that you've never met in real life, but you talk to all the time online. Okay. Yeah, like I I just don't talk to any of them anymore. Okay. I not not for any reason that I know of. I just stopped one day and I haven't started again. I think I want to, which is a weird thing. I think my mental health needs me to get back online. Are you friends with those people? Not even really. Okay. It's just nice having people to talk to, mm-hmm. which is a sad thing to say. No, that's not sad. That's I cheating. think it, it, it's it's also nice like even just posting something and seeing random people sort of go, oh, hey, that's nice. It's like, yeah, it is nice. Look at this. We're all having a nice time in the sun. You know, I think that's nice. Okay. Um, I think that's the part of the internet that I enjoy. Yeah. That and porn! <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why do you have any sort of other... Internet-related thoughts? No, no, they're all my fresh ones. No, <laughs> ah. no, no. I guess just that, and then I keep just
1: as I brought up before, like the the, the human need for validation and the way that the internet provides a system whereby oh, yeah. th- th- anything that you put there, someone can look at and be like, yes, that's something. And I think that's nice. It's look, validation is yet yeah, just an inbuilt thing that we need as people, but mm. the way that the internet has turned that into a casino is scary. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is scary. I think I sort of numb myself to the terrifying truth of the internet being an overlord monster.
1: Well, it scares me too that people that have now, growing up in a world that's always had the internet- Growing
0: up with the internet, that scares me. Yeah. Because we just missed out on growing up with the internet. Mm. And I feel like that is gonna- yeah, that hugely affects- even as you say, it, affects, it it's affecting theatre. Like, it, it affects the length of what people think people can retain jokes in mm. their head in theatre. Or in any storytelling, it's all becoming short form. I don't know. It's weird, and maybe we should kill the internet.
1: <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it just seems like we're, we're just going to, like, lose parts of our brains. We're
0: going to fall into the matrix. You wish. I wish!
1: <laughs> yeah, no, because even when I talk about living in this field, like I feel like I'm more able to imagine living in that field than in, people who yeah. have never lived without the internet before.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and every day we <laughs> stray further and further from that field. From God's path. And also God's path. The internet. Yes.
0: Hi, Jake. Hello, James. Uh, I also have been to the theatre. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess keep talking. Okay. Um, <laughs> I went to see... You're all invited to my oh god, this it's a long title. You can read it. I'm gonna read it because it's a long. Oh no, I got it right. You're all invited to my son Samuel's fourth birthday party, which I will now just call Samuel's fourth birthday party from henceforth. Okay. Because it's a long title. <laughs> um, by uh, Papermouth Theatre. Great. At Trades Hall. In we plonk. Yep, uh, I went with Flynn. I was not alone this time. Okay, uh, and we sat in the front row, dead center. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small <laughs> space, too intimate space. Oh, so very brave. Very brave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mary Angley and Yos Mench were the, uh, two the two in the two. It was a two-hander. Uh, um, wander in front row, sit down. There is a a, a, it's, a it's a it's a minimal set. There's a line of tinsel on the back wall, and there is a small, like, not a... You know, there's poofs, like... <laughs> you can't say that. I just did. I'd um, Like, sit on a little poof. <laughs> like that. It was like that sort of style table, though. Okay. Yeah, in the middle of the set. Yeah. So, uh, the two of them rush on, and they're clearly setting up for a birthday party. Um, first of all, interesting, Jake. You saw something about a fifth birthday party. I did. I, I I'm here seeing a show about a fourth birthday party. Oh, the prequel. The prequel. Mm. Maybe it's the same child. Uh, no, mine was named Fifi. Well, mine was me. What? Ah, <laughs> there's a plot twist. <laughs> so I want to preface. I, I full disclosure for this show because I I think I got a different experience to a lot of the other audience members. Okay. Because yeah. the show to- it worked out to be sort of sort of. It phasing in and out of monologues and and sort of spoken poetry rather than direct dialogue to one another at most points. It was usually it started off. One of the first sentences they say is, "Your name is Samuel," and they both stared directly at me oh
1: my God. in the front row, oh my God. both
0: directly at me, oh. and for the rest of the show. A lot of these these sentences, they start off start off with, your name is Samuel. And each time, look directly at me.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And for the rest of the show, I am Samuel. Oh, God. Me, individually. Ugh. James Hardy. Okay. Samuel. Oh, no. Don't make that noise, because I loved it. Oh, of course you did. I'm a self-centered <laughs> asshole. But also, it just, it meant that, because the rest of the show works out to be a, I don't want to say too much... Because it is sort of absurd and abstract in moments, but it has an overarching story of we're all connected and we're all fucking the planet. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all about... Part of it seems to be about the idea of raising a child and the sacrifices that you need to make to raise a child in this sort of pre-apocalypse world. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other part of it is sort of... We're sort of treating the world as if it's just... This child that can't really fend for itself. I d- I, it's kind of hard to. kind of hard to. I, I'm still. untangling re- what I'm thinking about the show. I love this show. Great. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's like it said some really beautiful things. But it, they kept staring at me and calling me Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> My name's not Samuel. No. Um, I almost spoke up. <laughs> I was like, Excuse me. Um, but it meant that I got the brunt of this. Your name is Samuel. You're turning four. Mm. You can feel the cake falling off of your chin. Like, oh all God. this very sort of, yeah, like, directly to me. So I got a very personal show. Yeah. Um, and what... Because if that, I couldn't handle that no. in terms
1: of, like, um, I would get lost in the anxiety of it and not be able to actually, like, deal with... Because what it sounds like they were maybe doing in direct, like d- directing that stuff at you like mm. they wanted you to imagine the cake falling off your chin like yeah. they wanted you to feel like you were being spoken to did yeah. you feel
0: like that i felt i was able it was a, b- confronting at first okay. but i sort of I, I fell into it i really loved it i, I just sort right. of decided to be like yeah i am samuel what are you telling me mum and dad what's oh, going wow. on um and these performers just want to quickly make sure i get the names B-b-b-b-b-b. mary i'm sorry if i'm saying it wrong Angley and Yoz mench go again
1: without apologizing okay
0: Mary Angley and Jos Mensch, uh, they were both such warm performers. And so slick. Like, every li- I feel like I've seen a lot of shows at at Fringe. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, there are... The occasional line is dropped or bangled a little bit. There's, there's always a little bit of something. Every fucking line in the show was mm. word for word perfect. And you could tell because it was the sort of show where one of them would start speaking... And the other one would join in on one of the sentences and then take over. Like, everything just kept flowing Mm. in this really beautiful way. And throughout the show, they sort of embodied different versions of these two characters, of the mother and the father. And, like, Yoz would come out and he would have, like, a really beautiful monologue about trying to raise you and look after you in this world. And then Mary would come out and have this beautiful monologue about um, trying to set up the party and trying to talk about how much was a great moment where she does this beautiful monologue about your father is so fucking hot. Like, your father is so hot because he does this. He goes to therapy. He sets up the party. He does this. He's so hot. He just gets caught up in this really beautiful amount of love she has for her husband. It was just mm. really beautiful and gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, but then there would be scenes where, like, Yoz would come out and he would be, um, oh god, I can't remember. They had a character name that wasn't Elon Musk. but it was, like, Elob Busk or something, Mm -hmm. and he was the one who was so clearly fucking the planet. Sure, And so yours would come out and be this ridiculous version of that character right after being this very grounded and gorgeous version of this giving and generous father. Um, And then Mary would come out, and, and they did this scene where she was dressed... Like, I, I'm try, i trying to pick parts because it is quite hard to tell you the story of the show. She comes out and she's... They've both got athletic wear on and she runs you through this really intense workout and she climbs out over the audience chairs and climbs back and it's this really intense eye contact of how to work out and prepare for the future and you've got to be ready! Um... And I just... For... However long this show went for, it could have been an hour, it could have been two, I don't know. I was just... with them. Mm. In this nebulous space, feeling safe and terrified at the same time, because the world is ending, and there is ice cream cake, and there- oh, there is ice cream cake! I haven't even talked about the ice cream cake. One of my favourite things about the show, they come out at the very start and get this beautiful little ice cream cake. Mm. They plop it on this tray. They put candles in it. And they think it looks really great. And then they put it to the side. And for the rest of the show, this ice cream cake just melts. Mm. And just slowly dribbles down. And then at some point goes gives me the ice cream cake. He passes me the ice cream cake on a little tray, mm. and then he gives me a straw because it's melted, yeah. and you can't eat it, and you yeah. have to drink. And so I, I drink some of this ice cream, and I'm just sitting there in the dark with this beautiful lighting, yeah. and this beautiful man who has just given me this beautiful little ice cream cake that reminds me of my childhood, and I'm drinking it as he's staring at me, yeah. being like, "Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's nice. It's like." Mm. What the fuck is this oh no we're handing the next
1: generation a melted ice cream Wait, cake. That's ex- yes oh. yeah
0: that's exactly it oh my god yep yeah. um I, I definitely cried at some point but i couldn't tell you when it was it's all a blur it's all a bl- it is all a blur <laughs> but i really want to see what Papermouth Theatre to do more because I, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed this show and Flynn had similar like similarly enjoyed the show as much as I did mm. um, was very thankful that he was not chosen to be Samuel great <laughs> some of us couldn't handle some it some of us couldn't handle it um, and I think I handled it I think I handled it fine great I think I make a great Samuel bring me on <laughs> bring me in Papermouth. um but Papermouth is the same group that did Hedda Gabla Gabla Gabla. Oh, cool. Which I really wanted to see, but I was sick and my body did not let me go to see. Ah, oh, yes. Um, So <laughs> I'd assume that show would have been absolutely terrific as well. Mm. Um, Yeah, so, Yaz and Mary, thanks for one of the weirdest and most wholesome experiences of theatre I think I've had. God. Like, it really affected me. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen, because there's a lot of theatre on at the moment recently about climate change and the end of the world? Yeah. And are there any, like, through lines or elements that you see surfacing that make you, that, that are trending, that make you sort of think, this is what global climate change theatre is? doom. Like, it's just every it's time all it happens. Ever since, yeah. Sure.
1: Ever since Curveball, especially, everything has just felt like, we're done. We have to embrace that doom is coming. There's very little proactivity or thought yeah. of. Yeah, there's not a lot of optimism. Yeah, right. Okay, it, it all seems to have turned to this corner of
0: like, this well, is it. we all
1: know what's coming, so now it's about coping. And I
0: think that's what this show did really well. It it handled. It was like, here's how we cope: we huddle together with our ice cream cake, with our mum and our dad, and we eat the cake and we have a birthday party. Yeah, like it, like that. Seems that's what I took away from it because it it did have that doom and gloom feeling about it, just because of the subject. And there were scenes of like, you know, the mother has to drive three days to get water and she can't do it. And she thinks about leaving the family and there's these awful, awful parts. But I don't know. I ended walking out of there thinking, I've ho- not hopeful, but safer
1: okay. somehow.
0: I don't know how they did it, but it just made me feel like, I think if we've all got each other, even if the world is ending, we can find solace and joy in that Um, and it's
1: well it's lovely that they did their job as parents to make you feel safe well yeah they
0: were my mum and dad yeah they looked after me my name is samuel i'm four years old sure but i guess
1: look you could look at what you just described as this show being with that like cynical intellectual bullshit mindset of like is it good that you left that play comfortable in the doom of global warming
0: well i think like you said we know it's coming like, mm, and there seems to be this element of there's really nothing we can do. God, because the cake is melted. And the cake is melted, and the, the fridge is broken. The best we can do is give your son a straw. You know, mm. um, and there was something there was something in that it was it felt refreshing in that it was less. What the fuck are we gonna do? The world is ending. It's doomed, and it was more like, yeah, the world's ending, but what what can you do other than have hope and be be as joyous as you can. Sure. In this terrible, terrible world.
1: God, and even like looking at it as, a, as like theatre makers, artists, storytellers, it's like, in a way, it's kind of like at the forefront and very much at the the, the current state of, you know, conversations surrounding hope. Mm. Um, it, and it, it points interestingly at the job of the artist, of like, we kind of had a swing at being like, we did an inconvenient truth. Mm. That's all happened. Nothing changed. Yeah. It's like it now seems like the mantle has been picked up of like okay well, I guess <laughs> like especially like it. the like the artists aren't in charge of pulling all the necessary levers to like reverse any of the damage we've exactly. done to the what environment all we can do now is help people handle and in the way that you just described of like that also being partly what I love about the idea of storytelling the idea of like we have each other and maybe that's all we have mm. as we
0: watch everything catch fire yeah yeah it was a really great show it was a really great show where like hope and despair were able to just sort of Hold hands. Great. Yeah. Well, I guess these are the end times. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> the end is nigh! Oh. And it tastes like ice cream cake. Woohoo! <laughs> you can't say woohoo like what? that. What? We just
1: talked about the world ending. I can't woo-hoo! just.
0: Woohoo! I can't hit a button and just be like a party machine. Uh, so, yeah, we know the world's ending. <laughs> I hit the button. Yes, I fucking did. Oh, Amazing. Balloon drop. Yes, great. Okay, well, that's okay. Uh, we're doing that thing where we sit in a room by ourselves and record these episodes just back to back. So, see you in 5 minutes, guys. Yeah. Well, that's our time. That is our time. Yes. See you in 2 days, guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or something. This timeline might be different to last week. It might be and just like uh things might be different. We may change our opinions. People change their opinions all the time and may not agree with what we've already said. Yes,
1: and friends, Do not let friends become theatre critics. No, they do not. They They don't.
0: They kill them first. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. They see
1: them down... What is the first step of becoming a theatre critic? You buy a beret and a clipboard. That's how you spot someone's becoming a theatre critic. Okay, so we have an Instagram. (laughs) (laughs)